What's up, y'all? Take a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the Facts Over Axe crew. Today, we got another sports week, but, you know, we're going to find our way to bring you some good content here, and we're going to start off with this ESPN Top 74 Basketball Players of All Time list. I don't know how they got 74, um, but I'd love to hear y'all thoughts on that as well as the actual list itself. Any glaring omissions, any any people that were ranked too high, people that were ranked too low, because, I mean, it's always going to happen. So, let me know what you think, Josh. Let me let me know what you got first. All right. So how they reached seventy four is I, I guess they were bored due to due to Corona. But it was initially a list that was supposed <laughs> to be done next year because it was the seventy fifth anniversary of the NBA. But that's how it up on on um seventy four. But when you're talking like seventy four down to like thirty, you're really splitting hairs because half of these players are great, but. It's a lot of things that go into a context, accolades, stats, um, rings, of course. It's not a problem until you get to the top 30, top 25. Um, and I'm going to stick with that range between like 30 and 10 because when you get to the top 10, that's also splitting hairs. If you want to put certain players in certain places, that's fine with me. I don't think Larry Bird should be ranked ahead of Kobe, but that's that's fine. The problem comes in when you get to around... Um, they got the position 40 to 11. If you start with 40, you got Chris Paul at 40, which I'm not fighting. Chris Paul, 40, 39, Walt Frazier, 38, Bob Pettit, 37, Patrick Ewing, 36, Mikhail, 35, Jason Kidd, 34, George Mikan, which the only reason I know him is because when they did the all-decade teams on 2K when I was a kid, I was wondering who the dude was that was hooping the prescription glasses. But <laughs> 32, Harden, which is, I think, is already egregious. Don't get me wrong. Harden is absolutely balling. He's uh, revolutionizing Y'all the game. Y'all don't get my, my guy early, man. We just started. Y'all don't have to get on not, my guy Not right in now, a good man. way, but he is revolutionizing <laughs> on, the game. Oh, trust Harden, me. We're going to get on everybody guy. That, everybody that, guy going to get it today. That's this top 74 list, you Isaiah know, Thomas, I'm upset. Isaiah Thomas, 31. 30 is Steve Nash, which Steve Nash isn't better than Isaiah Thomas, but he has two MVPs, so I understand the rationale, and the media also made this list, and that's the same media that gave Steve Nash two MVPs. 29, Iverson. Great player. I don't know if I'm putting Iverson ahead of Isaiah Thomas. 28, John Stockton, which... um. I think a lot of people forget that he's the all-time leading assist and steals. Uh, he has the most assists. Yeah, like I don't think anybody yeah, don't is think ever no, catching yeah, him. I, it's not. It's not happening. It's not happening. This he, is my guy. He's probably line. my one of my top five favorite players in the NBA currently. Giannis Antetokounmpo is twenty-seven. I like that dramatic pause right there, y'all, because <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say, man, because Giannis hasn't accomplished nothing more than Derrick Rose. And I know we, I brought up Derrick Rose not because we talked about him last segment. Is Derrick Rose on his list? No, he's not on the no, list. No, he's exactly. not. He, exactly. Derrick Rose and is on him, his that's, list. That's, that's what I was applying. Derrick Rose is not on the list. And they got Giannis, who has achieved the same amount of things Derrick Rose has achieved on the list. So I, I mean, I can see you putting him on there because he's a financial, uh He's a he's a talent that you probably never see again. But at the same time, that's that's too much credit. Early. I mean, putting him in the top seventy four ever is still like a stretch. But twenty seven. That's what I said, man. That's what I said. The Let career twenty I, point. Per I mean, you could argue put him on the list, but you can't argue him being. That hot at me. I'm I'm trying I'm trying my best to stay quiet and not cut in on y'all because I've been waiting. It's some ever since I've seen this list. It's some slander that's about to occur for for a lot of folks. For some people who are on the list, for some people who got left off, and for some people who were debating the list. But I'm gonna let y'all finish because I'm telling you, I in the words of Joe Budden, and I've been waiting, baby. But go ahead, go ahead, I, go I'm ahead not and continue to um. I'm going to go to 21 because everything 20 and below, you can like split hairs and I got certain arguments, but um, 
Oh, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna attack the whole thing. I'm sorry, I can't. I'm, I'm gonna stop I'm, at 21, and we're gonna take another dramatic pause because ahead of uh, Giannis is number 26, Dwayne Wade, which I disagree with. Ahead of Dwayne Wade at number 25 is Kawhi Leonard. Mm. Loading, listen, I'm loading up. And, and, and here's the thing. I get the dramatic pause. We don't want to have that there, but the, the clip is loaded for this one. The as, clip as is a, um, loaded for, for Kawhi 25. It's loaded. As a 13-year-old kid that uh, stayed up one Thursday night to watch the NBA on TNT, Miami Heat versus Cleveland Cavaliers, I didn't watch Dwayne Wade murder Anderson Verizal for them to put Kawhi Leonard ahead of him. <laughs> Hey, that's still one of my top five favorite dunks. That's still one of my top five favorite dunks, man. But the dunk, it's probably that or the LeBron over Jason Terry at fifth, but that, mm, that, that still was the, one of my the, favorite The dunks. dunk isn't bad. It's the fact that Anderson Verizal slid to the stanchion and his knees touched his forehead after the dunk. That hey, I'm makes not gonna it. Lie. I'm not going to lie to y'all, man. Probably my number two dunk like of all that. time. If D-Wade did me like that, man, I have to get up and just fight. I'm getting ejected. I'm getting yes, ejected, dog. Hey, I'm sorry, man. I'm getting ejected. I'm sorry. If Don't I get dunked on it. like that, I'm going home and I'm like creeping in the bedroom. Like, did you, uh, honey, did you watch Did you watch the game tonight? Yeah. And I'm, if she I'm, said I'm, no, I'm good. But like, I got to murder right, listen, D-Wade. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, 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 listen. I'm getting up and fighting and I'm going to say, look, I lost the battle, but I won the war for sure. <laughs> I won the war for sure. And here's the thing, y'all keep talking about if you duck on me like that, there will be no ducking on me like that. Give me the flavor too. Come on, tee me up. I'm, I'm gonna go in you you get above me that high, this elbow is gonna pop on out, and you're gonna have to Blake Griffin just throw it in from four feet away because you're not you're not doing that to me, young man. I got a family. I got kids at home, dog. You can't. Not my son talking about you take out the trash for I call D. What? No, sir. No, <laughs> sir. Not doing it. Man, Not just going. imagine his kids if they, man, they see that and be like, Dad, you remember when D Wade? I would be so pissed as a father, just like, why are you bringing this up to me? Why? Not, not why? to have too many tangents on the uh on on the podcast. We want to definitely want to stay on track, but like um, you mentioned his kids. Always wondered a certain thing about uh basketball players. So, like we all know that the world of basketball and hip hop like uh intertwines a lot. Mm-hmm. And with the NBA being like 90% black, we're pretty sure most of the players get hype listening to rap or whatever in the locker room. Um, around the height of the the Mavericks, not their champion, their surprising championship run, but around like 06 when it was ringing off 60, 65 win seasons, uh, the backup center on that team was a man of the name of uh, Eric Dampier. Do you remember Eric Dampier? Oh my God, I remember Eric Dampier. Okay, so uh, this time period also coincided with uh, the height of mixtape Lil Wayne. And there's a song on there where Lil Wayne says, I'm balling, you just Eric Dampier, dog. (laughs) 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 In my mind, I always thought, like, what if Eric Dampier was listening to that song in a car with his family? Like, how would you address that situation? It's... it's, (sighs) It's sickening. You know what? I'm sorry, but there's no more Lil Wayne in out. You can play all the other songs, but you okay? I, I can't. Lil Wayne was too big to say no more Lil Wayne because now you know some trauma there. But that song specifically, anytime you cut on that mixtape, hey, 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 fam. Listen, fam. listen, hey, y'all thinking about it wrong. Y'all thinking about it wrong. I, I'm in the NBA. I'm I'm going to somebody in the league and say, give me Lil Wayne number. Give me Lil Wayne number <laughs> right now. Give me give me Lil Wayne number right now. I gotta address him, man. I gotta address him. Oh my God! You and, and and you know what? A lot of folks catch strays on this podcast. A lot of folks facts over acts. We just we bring up random names because we know it's a point of comparison just for how random some people are. But it gotta hurt to just catch strays for being mediocre. That, that gotta <laughs> hurt. That gotta hurt. All right, so, but anywho, are, back are to the list. Are we are we going to further address this Kawhi over D Wade or did we say everything that could be said? Oh, so okay. See, and here's the thing. I I wanted to give the latitude to the to to the I wanted to give y'all the floor so that you could say what you need to say, Chris. Say what you need. But Kawhi ranked that high is an absolute joke. It's a travesty. It's nonsense. 
Kawhi Leonard's entire game, the the thing that he is predicated on is the fact that he's on good enough teams to do load management. If he was on the Charlotte Hornets, I was about to say Bobcats, if he was on the Charlotte Hornets, there's no way that you could rest for 25 to 30 games a year and then say, right. eh, I'll turn on in the playoffs. And, like, everybody be okay with that. No, they need you every night. It's it's ridiculous that you go to a team that you know, nah, without me they'd be second round, maybe even make a conference finals. You know. and, and also, don't get me wrong, he's the best two-way player in the NBA currently, in my opinion. But he's on a roster that allows him to exert the energy on defense because he could shoot 10 mid-range jumpers a night and get you 22 points and he'll be fine. My whole he thing can is, also not play a bunch of those games. He can also just not play, and they'll be like, "Oh, he got the." That's what I was getting at. That's what I was getting at. My thing is with Kawhi. Okay, if I'm if I want to if I want to think about this like this, we got seven games in ten days. If I only play four of those seven games, of course I'm gonna look like I'm that guy because I've only played. I haven't played. I'm fresh. Everybody right. else banged up, tired. I didn't. I didn't worked hard. I didn't have to guard Bron. Then Giannis back to back. Then here mm-hmm. I come, fresh Kawhi, fresh Kawhi. It's just. It's just not even fair. I feel like you can't it's even a look dirty at this situation. You just Michael Carter Gilchrist. It's a dirty game. It's a real <laughs> dirty game. <laughs> All right. So moving ahead, the very underrated, in my opinion, two steals, three blocks per game for his career. David Robinson is number twenty-four. Uh, Barkley is twenty-three. Elgin Baylor, which I have something to um add to later because I'm gonna have Gibbs tackle the 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 top ten, the bottom of the list. Um, Elgin Baylor is 22, and where I'm gonna stop my my tangent, what I have an issue with, is Scottie Pippen at 21. Now, don't get me wrong, Scottie Pippen is he's a six time NBA champion. He's a great Robin player. Him. We know him as probably the greatest two-way player. Well, the the second best two-way player of the nineties. Um, but you can't ahead of all of these players that was the number one guy on their team. You can't have a sidekick in a career sixteen point per game score number twenty one ahead of Barkley ahead of Elgin Baylor, hell ahead of Dwayne Wade. Listen, listen. My whole thing with Scotty is. I'm not putting nobody in my top 25 that somebody else had to get that dog out of you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Jordan had to go get the dog out of Scotty. And we've been watching the last dance, so y'all y'all can fact check me. If y'all y'all hear from Jordan himself, I had to attack Scotty and treat Scotty different because Scotty Scotty didn't realize what Scotty was. The the biggest issue that I'm having with the last dance is um I appreciate the way they approached um everybody uh, alerting everybody that Jordan didn't do it alone and I appreciate Jordan for saying hey I wouldn't play with anybody else but Scotty Scotty is the greatest number two in my opinion but I also think it's planting seeds in a younger generation's head that like Scotty Pippen was was more than he was Scotty Pippen at his ceiling was Jordan's sidekick nothing more exactly like I said (laughs) I mean it's it's nothing wrong with that My, my favorite I know you're probably learning the comics, but my favorite comic book hero of all time is the Red Robin. But the best that he ever did was being Batman's sidekick. There's nothing wrong with being a sidekick, but I'm not right, about to put my money still, on Scotty Pippen. Scotty still got his six rings. He still got his six rings. So, I mean, and you know what? You get some perks being a sidekick. <laughs> Here's one thing that I definitely agree with you on as far as the, the fact that Scotty is now, he's doing more than receiving his flowers at this point. Because during the last dance, Phil Jackson said, you know, Scottie Pippen, he's probably the second best player in the NBA at this point. And I'm thinking, what? <laughs> what, what do you mean? Knock it off. He was never the second best player in the NBA. After Jordan, you still had, regardless of what period Jordan was in the NBA, there was always a player that was better. Scottie was a hell of a player. He showed it when Jordan uh, retired and took that hiatus. But we we getting ahead of ourselves. We gonna I'm gonna save the last dance talk for later. But it's it's definitely I do I did always believe that the Paul Bunyanizing of Jordan naturally calls for a shrinking of everybody else. Everybody around him got reduced to nothing, and and somehow we're in this uh, space where Bobby per, Bobby Purcell or Perrette, what what's his name? 
I I don't even <laughs> the the dude the the dude that Jordan uh, was always picking on uh, Bobby oh S- Scott what? um Scott Brunell oh okay he yeah okay. <laughs> he yeah. could even get his that first guy, name right the fact that he got the fact that he's getting more airtime than Craig Hodges mm, they sure can't erase you <laughs> if you don't know your place boy I tell you but anywho I'm a I'm a I'm gonna let y'all cook until it's time for this top ten to come out because when this top ten come out I'm telling you I. It's some it's some things that we need to speak about in this top ten. All right, I'm gonna go through it. twenty through ten just because I think 20, 20 through ten is pretty accurate. I don't have any problem with twenty through ten. So uh actually twenty through eleven. So I'm gonna go Garnett at twenty, Dirk at nineteen, Moses Malone, who in my opinion is the most underrated basketball player ever Absolutely. at eighteen. Absolutely. Carl Malone at seventeen, Jerry West at sixteen. Julius Irving at 15, which should probably be a little bit lower if I'm being honest. Uh, Kevin Durant at 14. Stephen Curry at 13, which, which, if you have a problem with that, I understand. But yeah, I always... The, it, it can go, he can go on both sides of the fence. I, I always stick up with Steph just because I, I stay with the hot takes. This is a tangent for another show. I'll guess this is a topic we can attack later. But I think Stephen Curry is one of the five most influential uh, basketball players to ever affect the game on the court. But we can address that later. Um, 12, Hakeem Olajuwon. And 11 is Oscar Robertson, which I don't have a problem with. You, you can uh, pick and choose and switch, but I, I don't necessarily have a problem with 20 through 11. Nah. I agree. I agree. 20 through 11 is solid. I might. I mean, you can argue. You can argue. Kevin Garnett, I put a little bit lower, but I mean, I could understand if you put him there, because I mean, Timberwolves was before he got there was, I mean, can anybody name five players on the Timberwolves before Kevin Garnett? Before Absolutely KG? Not. <sighs> Absolutely not. <clears throat> uh, that's why. That's why I could understand you put him there. You get what I'm saying? I that's why I could understand. I'm gonna give you time, Google Yada, and that's all I got for you. I was yeah, Isaiah Ryder was the Google. only one that I could think of. <laughs> I, I was just about to say, get off Google, guy, because you can't, you can't those, come up nah, with five. Those mostly too. Those mostly. The Timberwolves two. couldn't come up with five Timberwolves before <laughs> KG got there. That's why I can understand you putting KG at twenty because I mean, it, my my only one that I would I would come up with any argument whatsoever for. Yes, Steph did teach people that you can space the floor vertically as far as stepping way back beyond the three-point line, which a lot of teams are adapting. However, I'm not sure if that's a good thing. I'm not sure if seeing players walk down court and jack up a 35-footer with 18 seconds left on the shot clock is a direction in which we want the game to go. I mean, as far as any player, um, like I said, we'll address this later, but as far as any player... Uh, that I have on my list, except for one that I would consider the most influential players on the court. Four out of those five harm the game of basketball, in my opinion. One of those other ones would be Shaq, because Shaq was so dominant. You had Michael Oluwakandi and Eddie Curry getting drafted number one. Mm. Mm. Okay. So I don't think Steph necessarily... uh, He changed the game. I wouldn't say he necessarily positively impacted it, but he definitely changed the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. From that standpoint, I'll, I'll I'll agree with you on that one. I mean, Kwame Brown got drafted number one because how dominant Shaq was. So. <sighs> Not Kwame. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. But if we're talking about guys that uh, changed the game and influenced it, speaking of Mr. O'Neal, we're going to get into this top ten now, and it starts off with the big diesel, Shaquille O'Neal. And number nine is his longtime running mate, uh, the the late great Kobe Bean Bryant. At eight, we have Tim Duncan. I'm surprised y'all ain't cut me off right there. I'm I'm shocked. No, go, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna gonna you, I, I, I was just you know, I was getting Kobe chills. I was getting Kobe chills. Oh, Kobe oh, y'all finna heat me up for real. Y'all said I'm gonna let you <laughs> finish. So I'm, I'm finna catch some heat. Heat. Listen, I'm just a messenger. I'm just saying this top ten. It's not my personal top ten. Anywho. Now that we got that out the way, Larry Bird was number seven. Will Chamberlain, number six. Magic Johnson, number five. 
Bill Russell, number four. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, number three. LeBron James, number two. And number one is none other than his heiress, Michael Jordan. Now, okay. <laughs> let me let me just say this about this top this top ten. The only the only thing that I don't understand about this well, there's two things I don't understand about the top ten. But but one of them is actually about the top ten, and another one of them is a reaction. So Jamal Crawford, longtime NBA shooting guard, uh, amazing handle, very exciting player. After he saw the list, he tweeted. I can't really respect a top five that Kobe isn't in. And I agree with that. I agree with that. Regardless of what you think about, oh, Shaq was his running mate and won three of those finals MVPs or, oh, it? no. You can't, if you saw Kobe play in person I tell. and you say he's not top five all time, if you saw the way that, he's another one of those guys. He impacted the game in a way that just, everybody wanted to be Kobe. Everybody thought they were Kobe. They thought yep. they could do the little triangle, finger separate, and tell y'all get out the way. People would go <laughs> get lucky and make two shots in a row and start doing the Kobe triangle fingers, telling everybody to get out the way like they were some type of ISO god out here. That That's just who first Kobe was. First, first thing first, first thing first, first things first. To see him at nine, I'm just saying. First things first about this, Kobe at nine. My way of thinking of when you create a list is – you pick 10 things, five to 10 things that you're going to count and, and base it on. Or then you, you you hold yourself to that standard. That's how you should pick a list, in my opinion. I mean, you, you, might, you guys might feel some feel a different way, but when you pick a list, you should find your core things and hold it, hold it, hold your standard there. Right. So that means if you do that, everybody's top five should be similar. They might be slightly different orders based on how you weighed each each of your standards, but they mm-hmm. should all be similar. You cannot tell me, you cannot tell me that Kobe is that far off from Jordan when he based his whole game off of Jordan. Right. You cannot tell me that. You cannot tell me that. And had a very similar degree of success. Had an extremely similar degree of One success. One ring less. One ring now, less. Now, um, I'm, I, I based this off of two things. I'm, I'm done arguing lists because I've come to the fact that, like, most of the people I talk to uh, don't know basketball. Um, most of the people that do know basketball are, you guessed it, professional basketball players. I think people should really value who they're getting information from as far as making these lists. Unless you're paid by Clutch Sports. (laughs) (laughs) But but look, even even with that being said, I'm going to base it off of two things. Um, From as old as you can go, if you still talk to Bill Russell and Oscar Robertson, who's alive, to players who are 19, 20, 21 years old, like Jason Tatum, Every single one of those players who has played at the highest level ranks Kobe anywhere from two through five. So when you have players that have played the actual game, ranking him there, I don't understand how we're supposed to value the opinion of uh, a Nick Wright that don't want to put him top 10. Speak on the good brother. Speak or, on it. Speak on okay, it. The, the, the argument they have against Kobe, when I when we when we look at this, I went to go figure out why people disrespect Kobe so much. And it's it's just because Shaq was with Kobe, and Kobe, they try to make it seem like Kobe was a, a, a less superior. Uh, a, another another thing that I, I want to um, speak on, we can all agree that if you want to put him one, two, three, that's fine. But Phil Jackson is a top three NBA coach of all time. Exactly. Correct? Exactly. Okay. Absolutely. So if you're a smart coach, you want to put your team in the best position to win. Now, if we think in the early 2000s of when Kobe and Shaq were together, what were the other dominant bigs in the NBA? You had uh, David Robinson, who played on the Spurs. You had mm-hmm. Carl Malone, who played on the Jazz. You had right. uh, Dikembe Mutombo, who played... Um, he, he, was a, he was a good defender. He, he played he on the Sixers at the time. He was older. But if you think of any of the other dominant bigs that played in the NBA, they were all in the Western Conference. Absolutely. Watch those series. Chris Webber is another one that yeah, a lot of people forget, but he was really good on both exactly. ends. Exactly. Really if you watch those series against those West teams, Kobe outscored Shaq. Co- Kobe did more than Shaq in every statistical category except rebound the ball, even including averaging more blocks in some of those series. 
Kobe absolutely owned San Antonio every time they played the Spurs, which is why I don't understand why people put Tim Duncan ahead of Kobe. Kobe owned the Spurs every time they played them. And if you get to the NBA Finals and you play the the Sixers, whose starting center was Matt Geiger, the Pacers, whose starting center was Rick Smith, you play the Nets, whose starting center was Keith Van Horn, if you're a smart coach, what are you going to do except tell everybody on your team to pass the ball to Shaquille O'Neal? Whoever Rick Smith is on, get him the ball immediately. It, Do come not on, man. Hesitate. Why would you? Why would you not pass Shaq the ball? Listen, yeah, listen, no, listen. And then he's nicknamed the Big Diesel, the most dominant force <laughs> in NBA history. Why would I not throw Shaq the ball if I'm Kobe? I'm, I'm going to go ahead and um uh add this in too. We might be able to end it on this. I'm actually going to uh, put two things in there. One, oh wait, I got one more for you when you double dip. I got one, because y'all know how I feel. I'm a big Bill Russell guy and I gotta gotta get it in there. But go ahead. Better While we're on that topic, I'm, I'm going to get off the Kobe thing for one second. Um, they got Wilt Chamberlain at, at six. Which I understand, like how dominant he was. You also got to take context and the thing rules and how many teams and things it was like this. Right, right. And I mean, I'm not understanding. Yeah, I'm not (laughs) understanding how a player that was supposedly so dominant and played with Jerry West and Elgin Baylor, who was the best player in the league at that time. He was a little older, but he was still giving you 25 points a game is consistently ranked ahead of other players when he was able to get one championship. He got he got two in his career. Yeah, he got, he two. got, he got, he got two. two. He got yeah, two. He got he two. two. Both with the Lakers? I don't believe both were with the Lakers. I'm okay. not sure if both were with the Lakers. I know okay. he got two. I just know. No, he for sure got two. He for sure got two. I know he played with other great players and even years where they were like, Bill Russell is so dominant defensively. Years that he didn't play against Bill Russell, he still lost in the finals. Right, right. Against teams and, that I can't even name players on. And so and so with that, I'm a, I'm gonna come on the other side of it because a lot of people rag on the older guys and the guys from that generation and, and talk about what they didn't have. But when I tell you the Bill Russell slander was at an all time high when this <laughs> list came out. Everybody named Mama came out the woodwork. Oh, he played against three foot player. Oh, there was only three teams back then. Oh, there was da 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 da. Oh, he played with all the all stars. Red Arbach. Da da da. Now, let's talk about Bill Russell, and let's get serious about it. Let's talk about some myths that surround Bill Russell. First thing first. Bill Russell was not some giant amongst midgets. Right. The average center at the time was 6'10". Bill Russell is 6'9". Yeah. He was technically undersized. He wasn't He wasn't 7'3". He wasn't 7'4". He was 6'9", dominating guys that were his size or bigger. Well, Chamberlain is the one that played against that was a man amongst, amongst children, and he was far less dominant, in my opinion, than Bill Russell. Exactly. Bill Russell played with great players and they had rings before him. Wrong again. All of those great players, Bob Cousy was in year six. No championships. Bill shows up. He starts winning. And I hate to do noop on noop violence. I'm a member of Kappa Alpha Psi, for those of y'all listening. <laughs> I hate to do noop on noop violence here. But when he went up against Will Chamberlain, as many people have noted, he dominated the series. Will was probably physically much more gifted, but he slept with 20,000 women. You can't care about your job and sleep with 20,000 women at the same time. I don't care what your job is. I don't care if it's playing in the NBA, digging ditches, or unless your job is sleeping with women, you can't care about your job that much if you sleep with enough women to fill up Staples Center. Come on, man. They say he's Come on, having nine, nine a night. Nine exactly. a night. Let me tell you something. Bill Rush, when he was in the nine, Bill Russell was in his playbook. Bill Russell was in his head, and he got on that court, and he showed out. He was shorter than the average center and still walked away with an average, career average, from his best days to his worst days, of 22 and a half rebounds a game. Come on now. Come on now. Knock it off with all the nonsense about Bill Russell. He was elite defensively. He was a shot-stop eraser. This man is literally quoted as saying, my job was not to block every shot. 
It was to make the opponent believe that I could block every shot. Right. Come on, man. Come I mean, in. I, 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 was still a monster in my eyes. <laughs> it was a monster in my eyes. Like, if you look at some of you have to put Wilt in his own stat book to really compare his stats with other people. Like, you got to say, okay, these are the numbers that Wilt Chamberlain have, and here's everybody else if you want to really but look at. C- con- context matters. Um, right, right. I, I mean, I'm, I get what you're saying. Anytime I get what you're saying. he went against the only other dominant big that played at the time, he didn't show up. Um, when he scored a hundred, the guy that was guarding him was six foot five. The starting center on the other team was six foot five. Goaltending wasn't a thing. Offensive interference wasn't a thing. So, and um, I've heard testaments of people that that saw those games, and when you think a hundred, you think you they just dumping it to him down low, and he hitting fifty hook shots, and he getting a hundred points. Half of those no, points are no, people on no. this team <laughs> shooting jump shots, and he grabbing a ball and throwing it in. And and technically, right those are his points. Wow, wow, what a time! What a I just I don't know why people get on the internet and slander Bill Russell so viciously. It's it's nonsense. It's nonsense. I don't want to hear Bill Russell unless Bill Russell is like I want to be updated if he gets sick or something. Obviously, but I don't want to exactly. hear you disrespecting Bill Russell unless something something tragic is happening or he did something like where that that he deserved it. But. Exactly. All right, but I'm I'm gonna we can go ahead in the topic on this. I think I think one is solidified. I don't think absolutely, absolutely. one should be for me personally. Other than Jordan. For me personally, I rank LeBron ahead of Jordan, but I have no problem with people who put Jordan ahead of mine. I'm not gonna kill you about that. That's at that point when you really for me when you get to the top three, three to four is really about what you prefer. For me personally, it's about what you prefer because. Many people say, well, the question is, if you're starting off a franchise, who would you start it with? And, you know, that that question is answered differently based on what right. you want in your franchise. You right. know what I mean? Like, it's it's different. If you say, well, who impacted the game the most or who did the most with what they were getting? It's all these different parameters. Depending on what your view of it is, you're never going to – sports is, is too subjective. Sports, although it has objective numbers and victories and all that, it's too much of an art to say this person is objectively just – Landslides ahead of this person. This person, it, you can't do that. But and that's what I'm saying when I when I when I made that point earlier. When you should stick to what you gonna rank these guys on, because this list clearly shows they chose and picked and chose where they want to apply things, like when they want to apply championships. They, right. they they pick and choose when they want to when they want to incorporate these things. So it's it's just your one through three should be pretty much similar across the board it's only one acceptable one through three i don't mean to disrespect any older generation but i think it it should only be uh one one through three what order you want to put it in is fine with me but i think we all can agree on the same one through three and that's off of the fact that it's only certain things that go into basketball how well you shoot the ball pass the ball rebound the ball steal the ball defend and win games and there's no other three players that was able to do those three things better than the three play like every other player on this list is a hole in their game. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you get to when you get to the Kobe, Jordan, Braun, there's you gotta really reach for straws to try to like say, Oh, he wasn't this, he wasn't you really gotta reach for straws right. to do that. And now, speaking of Jordan, the man at the top of the list, we move on to The Last Dance. Episode 7 and 8, we got introduced to baseball Jordan. Jordan Ross, the bus, <laughs> his relationship with his father, the suspension, the the, the, the things about um, the things about surrounding his, his father's untimely uh, murder, which the media just, woof, wow. His yeah. return and Dennis Rodman coming in the 72 win Bulls. And George Carl uh, smoking a little dope before the uh, finals, or during the finals, actually. George George Carl smoking all the dope. So let's get into it, fellas. Thoughts on uh, episodes seven and eight of uh, right, I, The Last Dance? I, I, I'll go ahead and start this one because, you know, I've been... I, this has just been because I love documentaries, and this has just been something I've been really, really keeping in touch with or keeping, keeping up with. Every Sunday I watch it right on time, and then I watch it again on Monday just to make sure I didn't miss any details. So let me. I'm a I'm a former baseball player. I played baseball my entire life. With with, with outside of the last I think three years, I played baseball. 
Baseball is the only sport, and I wonder if y'all agree with me. Baseball is the only sport where you can't just go pick up and just play. Like you, right. you're not going to be good. It, baseball is a repetitious sport. You have to train yourself to get your hand-eye coordination. You have to train yourself to do the same thing every single time. So for him to just up and just play baseball is amazing. But I have people on Twitter, which I got to stop doing, saying <laughs> people like oh, Bo Jackson was better than Michael Jordan in baseball. I'm going to just say that slow. Just, just I'm saying Bo Jackson was. People are saying Jordan was better just because they saw Jordan playing baseball. Oh my. And there's no disrespect to Mike. Oh, my. But stop disrespecting the craft of these <laughs> people that play right. baseball their whole life. Exactly. Their whole life. <laughs> for a sport that you can't just pick up and be good at and just say Michael's good at it because they put it in the last dance. I, right. I, I don't I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Which Mike did this. work hard. He worked hard and he, he earned his playtime, but I mean Jordan was an amazing basketball player who decided to go back to baseball. Bo Jackson Deion Sanders, guys in that category, they are amazing two-sport athletes. It's not the same. You can't go off. You can't. You will not see. We'll never see this again in our lifetime. A player who is able to, in literally the course of two to three days, go check Mark Duper, who has Dan Marino throwing him the ball. You, you're not going to go do that. And then go hit a home run the next day. No. <laughs> you're on. not doing that. Come on. Exactly. You're not, you're not nobody doing that. Else. And, and people are disrespectful just because Jordan's this icon. They're going, and I'm, I might be a little bit more emotional because I played baseball. I know how hard the game is and how people used to be like, baseball, easy. It's fun. It's boring to watch, but it's easy to play. Yeah. No, no, no. It's boring yeah. to watch because you don't know what's going on on right. the field. <laughs> exactly. You don't know what's going on on exactly. the field. And, and for people to say Jordan was just better than Bo or better than Dion, it's just like, it, it's insulting to me as a person. It's just... As as someone that played baseball for, I mean, I'm, I'm getting older now, so nearly half of my life. I can first start by saying that baseball is by far the hardest sport to, to play. For sure. Like anybody could pick up a basketball and after enough repetition, you, you can hit a jump shot somewhat consistently. I mean, and not even that, it's just easier ways to score in basketball. It's, it's like, people that's you, been playing you. baseball every day of their lives for 30 years. And if you throw them a good breaking ball, they're not going to hit it if they see that same pitch a exactly. hundred times. Exactly, exactly. With that being said, um, the the notion was always my entire life that Jordan quit basketball and played baseball. It was absolutely trash. After watching that episode, I actually went and looked at some of his statistics and just like the trend of the season. And Jordan wasn't that bad of a of a baseball player. Mm-hmm. To to play no. basketball for I'm... for fifteen years straight and then pick up a bat and in a couple of months you bat two hundred. Yeah, his worth ethic is unmatched. His worth yeah, ethic was that's... unmatched. Unmatched. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to two sport athletes, Bo Jackson is the biggest freak in nature that we ever seen. But I also sure. want people to understand just in this trend of like a, a microwave society. There is an area between like someone being a goat and someone being trash. Like there is like room in between those two lines. And most most players fall in that bell curve. Most players fall in that bell curve. Yeah. But well, but now one, it's only one goat. So I mean, yeah, of course. Exactly. <laughs> of course. Exactly. But now when we when we move past that, and to be honest, I don't even want to get too much into how bad the media handled his father's uh the, the murder of his father, because that was just, I'll, I'll say this and then I'll keep it pushing past it because I really don't even want to spend too much time on this. Journalistically, your ethics have to be better than doing that type of speculation on that type of matter. You cannot just reach and say, well, he is in the middle of a gambling investigation. His father was murdered. He gambled on golf. His father was golf naturally you he might be responsible journalists have to be more responsible than that and and part of doing good journalism we don't have a formal oversight committee so we must right. be the watchdogs for ourselves we must tell ourselves hey that's not accept- uh uh-uh. we're not writing on that we're not we're not doing that the editors have to stop this oh well this it, this is going to it's going to get people to read us it's going to get people to click it's going to get people 
It's awful. And we need to do better as journalists. We need to do better as talking heads and sports. We need to do better, period. Because it's it has slowed down some and it has gotten slightly better than that. I'm not saying a lot. And I'm not saying it's been consistently better. We've had moments where we dip back down there. But we live but in a society we, where TMZ exists. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. And and yeah. I, I I dug a deep dive into this gift, and I'm just gonna say this, just I'm not to cut you off, but just I was remembering. I don't know if you guys remember, but back in the day when Twitter, before we were all old enough to be like, I wouldn't say on Twitter because you'd be on any age, but before we were on social media, you remember rumors of Sierra being half guy, half girl, or whatever. <laughs> I used to wonder well, where that where that came from. I don't know, man. Like, can anybody answer where that came from? Like, this <laughs> like, it's one of those things. It's one of those things. Just like LeBron's alleged love child, somebody got bored. They said something. To somebody and then they just it just kept going and kept getting picked up and despite a bunch of reports to the contrary and despite the actual people coming out saying that's not true and we can provide you with proof that it's not true and we're gonna sue you if it's not true people gonna run with it if they don't got a story they'll make one and that's just what people did there that's that's really that's really uh what what people did there yeah man it's just like the media just can they can go any direction they want when it comes to what they want to put out. So, so at the end of the day, you you will never know if that was the only person knows is Jordan. So, absolutely, absolutely. Right. So now we move past that and the other conspiracy that was a suspension. His uh, going to play baseball was a suspension from basketball. We gonna we gonna move past that on into when he came back. They lose to the Magic with Shaq and Penny and Horace. And after that season, I'm sorry, not after that season, after that series, um, the Magic take it, and they're in the United Center in Chicago, the Magic hoist Horace Grant up on their shoulders. <laughs> the Magic are carrying this man off like, it, like he's Rudy or, or something like that, and this is his one shining moment, and little did they know, that one shining moment would probably cost him Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> I mean, after I saw that, I uh, I gotta blame Horace Grant for being a single the single reason that the Magic fell apart. Like, if you would have beat the Bulls and just shut your mouth, the Magic probably would have ran the East for another couple years. But after you uh, gloated in Jordan's face, it doesn't matter if he came out that next season and had. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's two man with Scott Skiles, bro. Jordan wasn't about to lose to Orlando again. Hey, now Scott Skiles had the most ever assist in one game. We gonna we gonna put some respect <laughs> on Scott Skiles. That thirty assists in the game, man. You know why he had thirty assists in the game? Why did he? Well, obviously Shaq and Penny. I mean, Shaq. That, Penny that was before Shaq and Penny. Oh, word! Wow. Okay. All right. The, the cool. Magic were an expansion team. Mm-hmm. And he was literally like the only point guard on the roster, so he passed the ball eight thousand times that game. Thirty of them just happened. To, I'm not saying it's not an impressive feat, but it was no other point guards on the roster. Uh, <laughs> so he went back to the 1960s. You gonna play 45 and a half minutes? That's just what we gonna <laughs> right. do. And you gonna have to. Okay, all right, all right. And now, and now, so they the year after the year after that they destroy the Magic, just absolutely obliterate them. And then the finals, they meet Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, and the Supersonics. The glove. Now, somebody please. I, I need somebody to calm me down and talk me off the ledge here because people constantly talk about the level of the 90s uh, competition being disrespectful and they just put a bunch of plumbers and this and that and the third. Gary Payton, widely regarded as one of the greatest defenders to ever play the game. He was defensive MVP that year. And yeah. he attests to George Carl saying, hey, man, we don't want to play you on them on offense and defense because we don't want to lose you on both sides trying to defend Jordan. But wait, it gets worse. I'm just going to read off some numbers because this is facts over acts. This ain't what, what we think is, is going to. Now, the series went to six games after the Bulls went up 3-0. The Sonics won the next two. The Bulls winning on Father's Day. Let's give you some stats from the first three games. 31 points per game, 46% from the field, 50% from three, 
12.3 free throw attempts per game. These are the games in which George Carl said, we don't want to lose you on both sides. <laughs> After game three happens, the glove goes into his office, and he says, I don't give a redacted what you're talking about. I'm checking Jordan. From wire to wire, every second I'm out there, I want to be on Jordan. After that happens, Jordan scores seven less points a game. His field goal percentage goes down 10%. His field goal percentage from three goes down 38.9%. And he shoots two less free throws a game. So in essence, no glove, 31 points with glove, 23. No glove, 46% with glove, 36. No glove, 50% from three with glove, 11% from three. What was George Curl thinking? Why would he give them the series like that? <laughs> I mean, um, I, I can't really go into I can't really go into his thinking. But just before I let I let Chris take the helms on on what he might have been thinking, this is the same George Carl that reduced Kobe's minutes in the '98 All Star Game because he said that quote, uh, "I don't think that kid has that high of a ceiling." So I'm not sure he's um, <laughs> even though he's I mean, a he's a coach, he might not be the foremost expert when it comes to basketball. Listen, listen, I don't know why you pass it to me so I can figure out what he's thinking because clearly he wasn't thinking. Because if you go into a playoff series where you know you got somebody that's a monster on both ends, why would you not put your monster on defense on the monster they have on offense? Why would you not? Why? Why? George just... Matthew Carl, if you hear this podcast, yes, I done had to bring out the full government. Sir, if you hear this podcast, I just want you to know, yes, Jordan laughed and said it was no problem with the glove. Statistics say he's a liar. There was a big problem with the glove. And, and you, sir, kept the problem from him. So, Chicago fans, any of our listeners in Chicago, any of our listeners in Seattle, if you feel a way about George Carl, we understand. Chicagoans, if you see him at O'Hare and y'all want to clap it up for him and you want to, you know, give him whatever y'all, do it. He deserves it because he definitely said, I'm going to gift him one. They ain't got to work for this one. I'm going to gift him one. I'm going to give him a good one. We got some players that can compete, that can because do some things against them, but we going to give him one. As a coach, you want to put your players in the best position they have to win. And I don't see how you don't see putting your best defender on Michael Jordan is not putting you in the best position to win. I don't see how he can make that make sense to me. Exactly. And now, and now, speaking of coaches and incompetency, the NFL is proposing a rule which the owners are voting on that teams get an extra third-round compens- compensatory pick if they select a minority in a head coaching or GM position. Fellas, how we feeling about it? <laughs> um, I, I'm personally I personally feel away. And I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you take it over, Josh. I personally feel away because why do why do black people need a gift? Like did we ask for a gift? Absolutely. Like, uh, like why why do we need a gift? <laughs> we just <laughs> asked to be hired when when qualified that's the only thing mm. that we ask and we don't need any kind of incentive and we don't need for when we get a chance for people to say hey you only got that chance because like uh <laughs> affirmative action <laughs> like uh, when it comes to sports especially the nfl you could simply just make sure you have owners like like the commissioner can control who the owners are, and who makes the, the decisions on these teams. Just put people in place that aren't making race based decisions like besides the refresh my football memory. Who was the coach of the of the Bengals for 85 years? Marvin Lewis. Marvin but with Lewis the exception of Marvin Lewis, like no other black coach in the history of ever in any sport, especially football, has gotten, like, more than one chance. Oh, oh, let me, let not, me tell Not you. coaches, quarterbacks. We literally just watched a situation where, I'm, I'm not watching football week to week, but we just watched a situation where Cam Newton lost his job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was an MVP, correct? Oh, absolutely. What, MVP, what, as well what, as took him to a Super what, Bowl. T- t- two years removed? Three years removed? Yeah, three years removed. Okay, mm-hmm. so I mean, we watched. I, I've been watching Lions games my entire life, 
and a nine and seven season for a Lions fan is like the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Jim Caldwell yeah. led the Lions to yeah. a nine and seven season and got fired. Oh, oh, let me let y'all in on how oh, yeah. bad it was to fire Jim Caldwell. Let me let y'all <laughs> in on some 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 in-depth stats on how ridiculous it was. Since 1998, the day Barry Sanders retired, the Lions have never once won the NFC North or Central. That's the two names that their division has gone under since he retired. Since then, there has been 384 games, 320 coached by various coaches, and only 64 coached by Jim Caldwell. In those 320 games, the Lions are 84 171 and one good for a winning percentage of 26.2% <laughs> under Jim Caldwell 36 and 28 good for 56.3 Jim Caldwell won 11 games in his first season as a head coach for the Lions mind mm-hmm. you the year he got there they were seven and nine Matt Patricia through two seasons so far is 9 22 and one Matt Patricia literally could not match Jim Caldwell's win total even if he went undefeated next year. Even if he went undefeated. And now, here's the funniest thing, because people say the Lions didn't beat good teams. The Lions didn't beat good teams with Caldwell. Well, let's talk about how you beat good teams. I'm always under the belief the coach is what gets you over the hump. However, you need the players that are going to put you in position to to do what needs to be done in order – for you to win the big games and be effective against good teams. The Lions, one of the biggest drawbacks about Caldwell was he never won a playoff game. But let's give you another fun fact about those playoffs. It was 2014 and 2016, the Lions' two playoff appearances under Jim Caldwell. In 2014, the Lions had four pro bowlers and three all-pro players. They ran up against the buzzsaw that it that was the Seattle Seahawks that had the Legion of Boom at the time, and they were absolutely amazing. They had seven Pro Bowlers and two All Pro players. Oh, I'm sorry, that was uh 2016. 2014 was the Cowboys. Saints. I thought we lost to the. Then we lose to the Saints in the playoffs one year. Yeah, but that was uh I believe that was before Caldwell. Okay, okay. 2014 was the year. That they had 2016 was the year we only had one uh Pro Bowl player. It was our kicker, Matt Prater. Ah, okay. 2014 was the year that we had five, and we ran up against the Cowboys that had eight. Excluding their uh long snapper, they had seven. Now, the better a lot of people say all pro is a better, more accurate predictor of how good a team is or how good their players are. That year we had zero all pros. Oh, I'm sorry. 2014, we had Indomitian Sue, Glover Quinn, and DeAndre Levy. The Cowboys had six. Romo, Murray, three linemen. And what do you, what, what more do you want from this man? You left the cupboards barren, and he still did more than any other coach with this level of talent. And y'all are sitting up here going to tell me you're going to replace him with a coach that's never been a head coach before? Yep. We couldn't beat the good teams before. So we're going to switch it up. Congratulations. To that I'm point, just saying. Now we can't even I'm beat just, the bad teams. But I'm let me get off my horse. Yeah, to that point, when people say that the, the, the team only beat the, the bad teams, what else are they supposed to do? Are they supposed to lose? Like, are you exactly. going to criticize me for doing my job? Like, and I'm supposed to beat the bad teams. <laughs> And then the NFL, the difference between the bad teams and the good teams is so minute. It's ridiculous. The difference between a bad team and a good team may literally be 10 plays. 10 plays that went one way instead of the other, and now you're deemed a bad team. Every and, bad team and, is not as bad as the Miami Dolphins were last year. Like, that team was horrendous. They traded <laughs> away all their good players to get assets for the future. I understand that. Okay, great. That team was awful. Not due to lack of effort, not due to lack of coaching. They just didn't have the horses in the stable. Every bad team ain't that bad. Every quote-unquote losing team, a losing team could be 7-9. And, 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 and last time I checked, the Lions have never been a good team. So to say that we only beat bad teams, how can a bad team only beat bad teams? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, 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 I don't understand that. I don't understand that. 
like I said, since Wayne Fontes and Barry Sanders were on the Lions, we have never been as good for as extended of a period as we were under Caldwell. But this is this goes to show you, and there's a funny saying that black people have to literally work twice as hard for half as much, right? Matt Patricia's win percentage is 28.1. Jim Caldwell's is 56.3. It's literally twice as good, and he did not get the rope. He did not get the same amount of, of he didn't get the same amount of grace from the front office because how you fire somebody at nine and seven with the line, huh, just like you said, Guyton, that's the Super Bowl for us. That's and, and, you know and, what? I'm optimistic even, about next year. Has Caldwell has Caldwell received another job? Uh, he is a, an assistant with the Dolphins, I believe. An assistant? Okay. Yeah, he's an assistant not, with the Dolphins. Not even that too. Not even that too. But why? As soon as it started getting turmoil in the Lions locker room, they instantly went to Caldwell. Instantly. Like it was no, it wasn't no. It goes straight to Caldwell. Now they don't want to blame Patricia. Not everybody's on Stafford. So my whole thing is, you pick and choose. Like it goes back to the, the everything they do in the sports world. They pick and choose when they want things to apply. Yeah. So be consistent is all we ask. Just be consistent. Exactly. And there and there are so many other black coaches who don't get the respect and the love and the, the flowers that they deserve. When Mike Tomlin won the Super Bowl, it was allegedly because, oh, those are Bill Cowher's guys. He won another one a few years later, and then they finally start to respect him a little bit. And even now, people are saying, well, he's not winning. He's not winning. He may need to go. They, he may have lost the locker room. But that In doesn't work. Room, that doesn't work both ways. You could even apply it to basketball. Nobody said those were Mark Jackson's guys when Steve Kerr won those rings. And Mark exactly. Jackson ain't got another job yet. And even beyond that, when you look at the locker room that Mike Tomlin had to deal with, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio <laughs> Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, come on, man, come on. You can deal with those three and have no severe incidents to the point where it's like, all right, everybody in the media knows your, your locker room is awful. He did an amazing job. He took some guy named Duck Hodges and had the Steelers in playoff contention the last week of the season. It, if you listen, cannot listen, look not only that, AB is sick in the head, man, and he's still Absolutely. able to hold it, hold it to, hold it together. And he he did the best he could. I mean, you can't stop AB recording a locker room. That's the only time I ever heard anything go really south in the exactly. locker room. Exactly, exactly. Right. But I mean, you can't control AB. Nobody knew he was gonna sit there and do that. So, exactly. I mean, so this this Rooney rule, the Rooney rule, which is they have to every job, every front office and head coach job, they have to have a candidate interviewed that is a person of color. That ain't work. So they don't put the Rooney rule on steroids and said, okay, we'll give you a third round. I'll say the same thing about coaches that I say about uh, black quarterbacks. I don't want them to get preferential treatment. I want them to get the same treatment. I want them to get the same looks for jobs that people say, oh, yeah, this is this is the guy. This is the hot guy. Somehow, Matt Patricia became a hot guy because he won a Super Bowl as the defensive coordinator uh, with the Pats. And yet, the same thing isn't said for Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator for Andy Reid. People say, oh, well, he doesn't call the plays. Neither did Doug Peterson. And yet, Doug Peterson became the head coach of the Eagles. And when he became the head coach of the Eagles, he won the Super Bowl before Andy Reid did. So all I'm saying is, at the end of the day, the scales and the goalposts always shift with black folks. But it's just uh, it's a travesty to see that the, their solution to this is this horrible, horrible rule of, hey, if you if you pick a, a, a person of color, we're going to give you another one for free. Like, come on, knock it off. You're better than this NFL. You're better. Than this. <laughs> are then they again? Are they exactly? Yeah. Then again, are they? Are they? I mean, I, I just don't see a world we live in where black people ask for a gift. I, I just don't. If anything, exactly. as a black male myself, I want you to make it harder for me so I can really show you what I'm about. An opportunity, not a gift. An opportunity, baby. Right. But like opportunity, I, yes. Like I said, I just want equal treatment. That's all. I just want to be evaluated fairly. I, and, I want to be evaluated based on what I can do and what I can't do, as opposed to, well, I'm going I'm to evaluate you based on what I think your limitations are, what I expect your limitations are. Come on. Come on. Show me and, the and data this, and the evidence this, that was, says that these this, are my was limitations. This rule, was this rule created to as like a here, not shut up black people type of thing? Like, I don't want this pod to be like a, uh, a activist pod, but I mean, was it like, 
Was, was this their way of saying, look, we're going to get more black people there, so leave like leave us alone about it? Like, Is that what they're trying to do? I, I have no clue. I have no clue how it was, who thought it up from the standpoint of what, what did they plan on accomplishing and all that. I have no clue. But what I will say is this. It's not going to get nothing done, and it's not going to get passed. Because those owners, telling owners of billion-dollar teams what to do, yeah, okay, tell me how that goes for you, buddy. Tell me how that goes for people who have all the resources in the world and, uh, you know, have pretty much done what they wanted with impunity throughout their lives. You going to tell them who they need to hire? Okay, tell me. Goodell, tell me how that goes, please. I'd, I'd love to hear it. If you want to come on the pot, we're inviting you as our as our potential first guest, Roger Goodell. If you <laughs> want to tell us who did such a thing, we're here for you, man. We'll open up this outlet and we'll we'll send the questions over to your assistant so you can pre-screen them and you know you won't be getting ambushed. But uh, on that note, we are just about out of time here. We know that you've had enough of the Facts Over Axe crew, but come back next week and the week after that and the week after that. You had enough.